you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. You'll still miss out on some things we think are pretty cool about church, like intergenerational community and support and encouragement that that can bring, some music and cute kids, and we won't be able to give you cookies and coffee after at, afterwards at coffee hour, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. You started this podcast so if you're away from home or working, or maybe you are still snowed in, as Chris says, or maybe you're just sleeping in, you can keep up with all the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday, so whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would keep an open mind and an open heart. A quick note, we expect that you might not agree with everything we say. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But in the midst of all of that, our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So on this fourth Sunday of Lent, we are going to talk about light. Light! Light. Ta-da! Nice. I like the sound effects. Light. Whenever I say light, I feel like you should say that. I think that would get really old really quick. I know. It would be funny for me. (laughs) The primary question in the forest for Uh so many of the trees there, Mm -hmm. so many of the growing things there, is is there enough? Is there enough? Is there enough water? Is there enough soil? Is there enough space? And is there enough light? Mm. Is there enough light at our homes for our trees and our grass and our plants and our bushes? Of course. Of course. Right. But in the forest, it's a different thing because taller trees soak up more of the light. In fact, beeches, firs, spruce trees, these are very tall trees Mm -hmm. and they soak up 97% of the light that hits the forest. Wow. In the book, the author says the executive offices. The executive (laughs) offices absorb 97% of the resources because light is what trees and plants need to photosynthesize and create food. Right. Right. And so he says the executive offices soak up most of the light. But... There are other things that live there that have figured out a way around this Mm -hmm. problem. So there is a type of flower Mm -hmm. that blooms on the forest floor. Okay. It has a German name, obviously, because the author is German. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm going to slaughter this. I apologize to anybody who speaks German, but it's Vorwichten. Okay. And it means cheeky little ones. (laughs) I love that. I love that. These little white flowers. They're just cheeky enough to bloom on the floor. They bloom on the floor of the forest and they bloom early. They bloom between March and May. Okay. Because most of those deciduous trees don't get their act together that early. Ah. And the leaves haven't filled out yet and blocked the light. Right. So they bloom early. They bloom before it's blooming season in order to have their life and... Right. You know, all of that to get their energy. And to get their seeds out. Exactly. Before the big trees block all the light. Mm -hmm. So I love the cheeky little ones. Cheeky little ones. There are things that climb, Mm -hmm. find their ways to the upper, upper reaches of trees. So things like ivy. Ivy is the only plant that has its roots above ground. And it puts its little tendrily fingers into the barks of trees and climbs it Mm -hmm. so that it can get up to the top. Which is There's... why you don't want, want to have it growing on your house. No, because those little fingers will just ruin your sighting. Yeah. Honeysuckle. 
yeah. Honeysuckle will crawl up, particularly younger trees, Mm -hmm. in a spiral pattern. So whenever you see those walking sticks that have that cool spiral pattern, that's what honeysuckle does to trees. Yeah. Not good for the tree. Not good for the tree. In fact, I just took out some honeysuckle out of my, that was attacking my neighbor's tree over the fence. Oh my gosh. It was like really impressive. Well done, honeysuckle. So the honeysuckle wraps in these spiral shapes and just squeezes the life out of the tree uh, because it doesn't want the tree to live. It just needs to get high enough to where it, if it kills the tree, it gets the tree's light. Right. Until the tree falls over. So honeysuckle does that. Mistletoe. Mistletoe just starts in the upper reaches. Right. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's not good. Um, and mosses. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that thing about if you get lost in the forest? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bull hockey. Yes, total bull hockey. Because... Moss is, does not grow in a particular direction. No. Moss, the idea behind that is, well, the rain falls from one direction. Right. And so the rain will only ever fall on one side of the tree. And that's not true because rain, once you get inside of the forest where the wind is cut down, falls pretty much straight up and down. Right. So the moss grows or, on all sides of the tree. Or it comes down the tree because it was caught up at the top. Right? Yeah, it gets caught at the top and it just r- runs down the rivulets of the tree right. and it grows everywhere. So don't ever try and find your way using moss in the forest. Nope. And then lichen. And lichen... Trees are fairly indifferent to lichen, mm-hmm. but lichen looks like it's not good for a tree because it just kind of covers the bark. Right. And the crazy thing about lichen is it doesn't hurt the tree. It doesn't need the tree for energy. It just needs it for location. It needs it for location. And what the lichen actually eats is the over 200 pounds per tree of dust that gets blown through the forest oh, in the air. It can get all the nutrients it needs from the wind. And what the wind carries. And it it also helps to to knock all of that stuff out of the air for us, which is nice. nice. So well done, lichen. But it just looks a little bit gray and icky. Yeah. And it looks like a growth versus pretty moss that hangs beautifully or something. Yeah. And so so all of these, these four weeks and the ivy, the honeysuckle, the mistletoe, the mosses, the lichen, all of these have figured out a way around this problem of scarcity Mm -hmm. when it comes to light. And this is a question that really strikes us too. Is there enough? Mm -hmm. Uh, We tend to fall into scarcity thinking about lots of things. Is there enough money? Is there enough time? Is there enough space? We always want to make sure there's enough. And actually in America has sort of led to a hoarding consumeristic culture that is not good. No. Uh, Is there enough? Scarcity thinking can really get into our our spirits and and be toxic. Yeah. Co- toxic. Well, it's the idol, like I was talking about. It's, it yeah, it's yeah. one of the, it's the snake on a stick kind of thing. And so this week we were talking about the head types of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. The head types of the Enneagram, their primary emotion for processing the world around them is anxiety. Fives internalize their anxiety and the way that they quiet the existential crisis that is surrounding them all mm-hmm. the time is they surround themselves with information. Right. Is there enough information? I need all of the information all the time. And so at best, head types go into planning mode. They're very mm-hmm. observant. They're great planners and they're very organized. At worst, they get stuck because they're paralyzed by too much. Right. Actually. You can't make a decision because there's always more information to be made it's about. The, it's the opposite, right? right? So they're worried, is there enough? And then they get inundated with too much and it, and it freezes them. Right. With sixes... On the Enneagram, which is another type of any, uh, on the Enneagram, they repress their anxiety, which is to say that they do worst case scenarios for everything mm-hmm. and then create a plan for it. Right. Which takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and energy. And so all of this, am I going to have enough to get through whatever this thing is, gets sucked away because all of a sudden you have no time left because you spent right. all of your time planning for the worst case scenario and you haven't actually lived. And with sevens, they externalize their anxiety. 
And with sevens, it's I want to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I will be the life of the party. I will be so much fun. And I will collect adventures and stimulus. So sevens are connoisseurs in ways. They mm-hmm. just, they take the best of everything. Uh, and they just kind of gather experiences around themselves all the time. And what ends up happening then is that they don't get the fullness of life either because they're always afraid of what's behind. Or what they might be missing. Or what they might be missing. There's that FOMO thing. And so that is that enough thing can mm-hmm. be really paralyzing for us. Yeah. And it can be really hard to believe that what we have and who we are is enough. So the scripture was John 3, 14 to 21. And you've seen it on, you know, like we said, the signs at football yep. games, because I've always looked up scripture that I've seen on signs at football games. I don't yeah, know about that's, you. What don't else know. are you going to do during Maybe the Maybe it works for game. some people. in and out puts it on their cups and fries and things. Yep. But uh, maybe it works for some people. In any case, the scripture is about who Jesus is to us. Mm-hmm. So the most common verse that we know, of course, is John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And everybody in my church apparently learned it in the King James Version because they all said it with the exact same language yes. when I asked them if they knew it. But they don't know John three seventeen. Right. And this is what we do when we when we kind of pull scriptures for yeah. cutesy sayings is that we miss the context. Right. When we pick out something without understanding the context, we lose so much of what we should be learning. We do. And this happens a lot, particularly with John, because mm-hmm. people like to use... Quizzy. Well, people like to use John to say, you have to believe in Jesus or else. Mm-hmm. And John is usually not saying that. Right. John is usually saying less about Jesus being exclusive and more about Jesus being inclusive. Right. But you have to actually do the work. And so John 3.17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might live. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we worry about, is there enough? And I need to gather all the things. God is saying, there's enough. There's enough. Jesus is not here to hurt you. Jesus right. is not here to judge you. Jesus is not here to, to make you feel awful about yourself. Jesus is here to help you live mm-hmm. uh, and to do that well. And then the scripture ends with this whole thing about God like coming into the world. And when we are so afraid that we are not enough, we hide from it mm-hmm. instead of trusting that the light shows us the good along with the right. bad. Instead of trusting that uh, the light is actually going to be something that helps us recognize that we have enough. Right. And so if there's enough, then we don't have to keep beating ourselves up all the time. Uh, We can trust that while some things are scarce, other things are abundant and the things of God are abundant. Yeah. There's enough forgiveness. There's enough grace. There's enough love. There's enough hope to go around. Mm -hmm. You don't have to hoard it. You don't have to to hold it so tightly that your knuckles turn white. Right. You can share it. You can offer it and it's going to be okay. And coming back to the tree, right? The metaphor is that we don't have to adapt. We don't have to do such huge adaptive behaviors as trees do to get light. Right. God is continually pouring out that light upon us. Yeah. There's that quote from Marianne Williamson that gets attributed to Nelson Mandela quite often that says that what we're afraid of is actually not the darkness. What we're afraid of is the light. Right. And what we're afraid of is even our own light because we think, well, who am I Right. to be brilliant and glorious and beautiful and save the world. Who am I? And who are you not to be? Right. You know, like you are a child of God. You should shine. And if you need to be that, those little flowers that bloom a little early, a little early or a little differently because there's the rest gonna, of the world, it's okay. There's going to be enough light. You're not going to run out if you give it away. Right. So we talked about that. And then in the communion liturgy, which we've been practicing, Bishop, every week, we've been practicing the communion liturgy. There's this thing called the Great Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And the Great Thanksgiving tells the story of the people of God. Right. So it ties 
what we're doing in communion in with the big story, the whole story of the people of Israel and the people of Jesus and all of that. So what I did was I used a word that shows up in the Old Testament and shows up in in Jewish liturgy quite often, and it, the word is dayenu, mm-hmm. and dayenu means it would have been enough. Yeah. And so after every piece of the liturgy, I said dayenu, and I invited the congregation to say dayenu, it would have been enough. And so, you know, it's like God created the world and it was good. Dianu, that would have been enough. But then on top of that, God gave us these people who would help us to learn how to live together as community. And Dianu, that would have been enough. But then God went a little bit farther and said, okay, you got yourselves into some hot water and I'm going to help you get out of it. And I'm going to help you start over. And Dianu, that would have been enough. And then when we started to get it wrong again, God sent us the prophets. And Dianu, that would have been enough. They helped us see how to live together as community again. And then Jesus came and Dianu, that would have been enough. But now we have the Holy Spirit and church and all of these different expressions, all of these inspirations, all of this hope. It's enough. Mm -hmm. It's enough. And yet God still moves. And so for us, that's what communion is. It's a reminder that even our own brokenness and our own shortcomings don't get in the way of God's grace moving in the world. Nope. Um, And we are enough. We don't have to be more than we are. Nope. And so hopefully that's a liberating message for people that there is enough to go around and that we have these adaptations to help each other out when we're, when we're when we're coming up a little bit short. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's why we're here. Yeah. So during Lent, one of the things that we work on then is not getting so stuck in trying to hoard and hold on that we can't live generous lives. Right. Which is part of that sanctification that you talked about in the yeah. last episode. The becoming more generous, becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. So that was a sermon. Yay. And it was nice and short. Well, thank you, Chris. Not, not, not thanking you for a short sermon. Chris. Oh, you know it's a rare thing, so you think away, <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> well, we say thanks to all of you out there listening for listening to this the Sunday morning sleep in podcast. If you have questions for us or stories or topics um, that relate to what we've been discussing today, shoot us an email sundaymorningsleepin um, at gmail.com or find us on our website at sundaymorningsleepin.com where you'll find the podcast and also links to all sorts of things that we think are connected to what we've been talking about <laughs> depending on the day. The scripture for this podcast is John 3 14 to 21 um, and the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everybody just a little bit shinier. We don't have any of those words. If we did, we would give them to you. We don't have magic words. We have you, and you have you, and you have been God's gift to the world, and you are enough. So whatever you think about what we've been talking about today, whatever you think about whether or not John is exclusive or inclusive, whatever you think about snakes on sticks, whatever you think about light, the question is, how will you live into your own skin this week? How will you love and listen and serve and seek justice? Because you are God's gift to the world. And Dianu, maybe you would have been enough if you weren't afraid of your own light. So maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up. Because the sun is shining and get moving. Amen. Amen.